You're listening to the voice of Rowan Prof Sports. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM, Glassboro. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. And now, here's your host, WGLS-FM Sports Director, Danny Ryan. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. You're tuned into Offsides, following the Rowan Sports Review, the first Rowan Sports Review of the semester, right here on Rowan Radio. Com channel 2 had a brief interview with Prof Star Wide receiver John Maldonado, and that will be up on our Podbean account. So make sure you uh, Google Rowan, or not Google, look up Rowan Radio Sports wherever you find your podcasts and tune into that John Maldonado interview that was conducted here today at the studios. But as I mentioned, we're into a new episode of Offsides, my first Offsides episode of the semester, doing every Friday while Aaron Hook does every Wednesday and Larry Dealman does every Monday. I'm sure I'll be filling in here and there for those fellas. But I'm here with Ali Pontano, Josh Counts, Ryan Holsey, and Kevin Zippe of the Rowan Radio Sports Department as we get set to break down everything there is to know about the world of professional sports. We'll start off, obviously, debriefing the Thursday night football game, and then we'll get into Arch Manning and the uh, crazy stat that was released today about his visit to Texas. We'll talk about that a little bit more, and then we'll get into some MLB talk as well as a lot of the NFL games for the rest of this week. Obviously, last night being the Thursday uh, First game of the week on Thursday night football. But without further ado, gentlemen and lady, or gentlemen, <laughs> gentlemen and lady, we get into it here on Offsides, right here on RowanRadio.com channel two. Starting off with Thursday night football as we debrief Chargers versus Chiefs, and really a great game to talk about. I mean, the Chiefs win a close one, 27 to 24. Justin Herbert takes a late hit in the fourth quarter towards his rib cage, seemingly that uh, he toughed through and was able to throw a touchdown off of, but still. Came up a little too short in this one after a late pick by the Chiefs to really solidify to pick six at that as well. So, Allie, I'll start with you. I'm sure you watched last night's game and just watched everything unfold. It really was kind of quiet in the first half. Not much to talk about in that second half. More specifically, the first quarter, a lot of things just started to click for both sides of the ball and both teams. It really came out to be a good Thursday night football game. What was your initial reaction to the Chiefs winning and coming back, but also the Justin Herbert injury? I mean, you also got to keep in mind, the Chargers were playing without Keenan Allen, so that's their key wide receiver that they were missing. And just Justin Herbert being able to tough it out and go toe-toe with Patrick Mahomes on Mahomes' own home turf, it's pretty impressive. And, like, especially in late history, the Chiefs and Chargers have been going back and forth. Like, their last matchup, the Chargers won at Arrowhead, and the Chiefs just, I felt like this was a revenge game for the Chiefs, one to defend home turf. And then the Herbert injury, I was looking on Instagram this morning, and it actually looked like Herbert got hit more in the arm than the rib because there was footage of him shaking hands with Chiefs players, and he's just wincing in pain every time they touch his hand. I mean, that's rough if it is his arms and did you get any eye of whether it was his throwing arm or non-throwing arm? Because, I mean, obviously that would affect a lot. So, um, I didn't, but you can look back yeah. and see the footage. Yeah. I believe NFL posted it, but it just looks kind of rough for Herbert. So the Chargers should 
definitely keep an eye on their quarterback. Yeah, I saw a report today saying that the Chargers think he will be okay, that he's not going to miss a crazy amount of time, and that, you know, I even saw a report that he might be back by their next game. They do have a few extra days to kind of prep for that in comparison to a typical NFL week. But, Josh, I'll throw it on over to you. And, Kevin and Ryan, you can, you know, jump in whenever you'd like. But, overall, what was your initial uh, impression of the Thursday night football game last night? I mean, Austin Eckler starting out very slow for the Chargers. They fed it to Mike Williams seemingly, the, you know, the entire first half. And then on the second half, um, came up a little bit short, this explosive Chargers offense. Do you think that the Kansas City Chiefs have officially silenced the haters two weekend and silenced the doubters after they lost Tyreek Hill this offseason? No, not not yet. This definitely was a playoff-like game right here between the Chargers, but to say to silence the haters and the doubters, I definitely don't think so because, listen, they, I still think the Buffalo Bills are the best team in the AFC, and right now the Kansas City Chiefs do have a matchup against them, so we're going to see what they're going to be able to do come October 16th. But in terms of this game right here, this was – they came away with the win, but this win doesn't feel like it definitely wasn't the 44 win against the Cardinals. And it doesn't feel like a typical I'm confident in my Chiefs win. I mean, like Edwards in terms of like didn't have like had a good game, eight carries, 74 yards. And, but Travis Kelsey is the interesting stat. He had five reception, 51 yards. So it's just it, it, I don't know. I don't think the Chiefs are yet in, in are in sync yet. We'll see as the as the uh, season goes along, but they like when they go up against the Buffalo Bills is really to me like okay, this is that game like who's the top dog in the AFC? Yeah, I agree with you, and it's really interesting to look at the passing game for the Chiefs so far because you can tell just from the box score that Patrick Mahomes is trying to figure out who he. I mean, aside from Travis Kelsey, who he likes the most in this offense. So you see five receptions for Kelsey, two for Justin Watson, three for McCole Hardman, four for his running back in Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and then two to Valdez Scantling. Noah Gray had two. Juju with just three for 10 yards. So he's really, tr- you know, still trying to figure out exactly his game plan week in and week out in this passing offense. Kevin, I'll throw it on over to you. I mean, let's be honest. The Chiefs don't win this game unless Justin Watson has that pick six late in the game to really give them some cushion and take that lead. What do you think the Chiefs need to do to overall improve their offensive game plan without Tyreek Hill? Uh, I think uh, Mahomes needs to find that guy to throw in the deep end. Uh, Watson did a great job with the touchdown, um, but Juju Smith-Schuster did barely anything that game with only two, three catches. And I think Mahomes is looking for that guy who he could throw deep to, and uh, it'll be a grab, a catch. Um, I will say, though, Mike Williams on the Chargers did an amazing job being the wide receiver one with uh, Evan, uh, Evans, Keenan Allen being out for this game. Yeah, I think he definitely did a good job of just kind of picking up where you know Keenan Allen left off and where this offense needed to really go in this one. And you know they came up three points short, but at the same time, I think that this is a game you can improve upon. I think this is a game that you know Justin Herbert didn't have his best stuff throughout. Really did not involve Austin Eckler into the Chargers passing game until the end of the game finished with five for about 50 receiving yards that's a huge part of their offensive game plan that wasn't executed correctly uh ryan i'll swing on over to you and i'm sure you watched the game last night thursday night Mm -hmm. football and it you know really was a good game in the end but i mean you have justin herbert throwing the ball 48 times mahomes throwing it 35 and really nothing crazy to show for on those 35 pass attempts what was your initial reaction to this interesting yet close offensive uh performance yeah, I think it really comes down to the defense. Um, both teams have really played a great defensive game. And um, these are two elite quarterbacks, two of the best in the game. And they really did a good job of limiting them. And 
you know, there wasn't much of a run game other than Hilaire's big run. Mm -hmm. He pulled off a big run. But other than that, there really wasn't much of a run game in this game. And they forced both quarterbacks to throw the ball. And for the most part, it was more of underneath, which is kind of what teams are doing now to stop Mahomes. They're trying to make him throw underneath, take the safe throw. But um, overall, you know, Herbert did his best. I think he doesn't get hurt. They might win that game. Um, and it's a great divisional matchup, and I think they'll be back. Yeah, I think we're going to see this matchup a lot going forward in the future and you know, possibly even on into the playoffs with the Chargers coming the way they are this year so far. And, uh, you know, just looking overall improved on the coaching end by Brandon Staley, he seems to have gotten together at least a little bit. Um, I do want to pinpoint on Mike Williams' performance last night. I know I mentioned a little bit uh, at the top of the show, but eight receptions for 113 yards, average 14 yards per catch with just one touchdown. That one touchdown, I'm sure, made fantasy owners love him last night because he already had a productive day but needed that sole touchdown. Regardless, he looks like a wide receiver one in this one for the Los Angeles Chargers without Keenan Allen. And, you know, I know it's hard to, to just, uh, pardon me, distribute the ball when you have two basically number one wide receivers out there in Allen and Williams. But I don't understand why this can't be an every game occurrence where he at least approaches 100 yards. I mean, no one's asking him to have eight receptions for 113, but I feel like Mike Williams has gotten kind of overshadowed in this offense by Austin Eckler. You know, Sony Michelle had a decent amount of carries last night, not saying that he's overshadowed by him. And then, of course, uh, Keenan Allen as well. Do you guys agree, and Ali, I'll start with you and kind of reset things, that Mike Williams should have, you know, at least after last night going forward in the next few weeks, a bigger role in this offense? Because he's proven that if you call his name, he can come down with it. Yeah, but before I want to answer, I want to go back to Kevin's point real quick. Of course. So if Patrick Mahomes utilizes Marquez Valdez-Scantlin like Aaron Rodgers did when he was on the Packers, he does have a deep threat. So... It he just does. depends if he can get him open. But going to Mike Williams, it just shows the depth chart that the Chargers have. It just shows that they can have insert any name in the slot, either Keenan Allen or Williams, and they're still going to be all right. Mm -hmm. Maybe they can like rotate them like week in, week, in, week out, or by series, mm -hmm. but that just shows how deep their slot is. Yeah, and I hope that they can kind of transform their offense and put DeAndre Carter more in that deep role for the Chargers in comparison to Mike Williams, because Mike Williams can do that type of stuff. He has the build to get that 50-50 ball and you know bring it down, but you saw what he was able to do just in the slot role last night over the middle of the field. He finds space, and even if he's just separating from the defender a few inches, he looked very good out there just catching the ball at will. Josh, before we wrap up on Thursday Night Football, just your overall closing thoughts on the Chiefs and Chargers game and what you thought, you know, more specifically about the Chiefs sitting at 2-0, and we now know the Chargers are at 1-1. One one. Do you think the Chiefs could be like the Chiefs of old this season without their number one wide receiver? I don't know if they can be the Chiefs of old. Like, Tyreek was a huge, huge difference maker. That man was a speed demon. Cheetah. He could che Exactly, cheating. He could get down the field in a blink of an eye. So... And it's tough. Like I think I don't know. I don't see the Chiefs of old. I can see a new, a new, a new Kansas City Chiefs that's going to have to find a way to adapt. So I expect them. I know it sounds crazy because they're a very pass-heavy team, but I expect them. They're going to be running the ball a lot until Patrick Mahomes be able to, is able to find a number new number one guy. Because I right now, like you saw, like Travis Kelsey didn't seem like the guy. I don't think Travis Kelsey can be a number one guy. I think he's more like a number two, more like a, like a Robin who needs a Batman. 
I think he's a Robin who needs a Batman, or at least a Nightwing who needs a Batman. I understand where you're coming from with that, with how he kind of looked last night. And by the way, that suplex by Derwin James. Oh, my oh. goodness. I mean, and it was so funny because he just said on a podcast before that with his brother Jason that a lot of safeties in the NFL really throw around that weight like they can actually hit somebody. But Derwin James is the one that can do it and lay some damage. And he did right there on Travis Kelsey. But breaking news, since we're talking about the Chargers, Chargers head coach Brandon Staley says quarterback Justin Herbert was diagnosed with a rib cartilage fracture and that he could be at practice as soon as next week. Staley alluded to this being better than a broken bone. Yeah, no doubt about it. Definitely better than a broken bone for Justin oh, yeah. Herbert. You know, I, I won't even play him. I will rest him because you got the Jacksonville Jaguars next week. I'll just rest him. Who even is their quarterback too? Is it Chase Daniels? I have no clue. Have Are they still running with Trevor Lawrence? Like, what's happening? What the Jags? Yeah, I, I would assume so. I mean, at some point you have to get him. Solidified in that offense because that Jags team with a much improved roster does not look very good this year. So if you need a young quarterback to kind of take command of it, I would throw him in there against a bad team to get his confidence up. In all honesty, uh, I do have to check on that Chargers backup quarterback. But Ryan, I'll throw it back to you, and then we'll end it off with Kevin. At least for the Thursday night football segment, we have a lot of games coming up this week. This is really only the first one of a huge slate, and I expect Week Two to be a lot different than Week One because let's be honest, Week One is always a little bit wacky. But Ryan. What are you expecting from these next slate of games just from the first impression uh, of Thursday Night Football? Yeah, we got a lot of good games this week. Um, Not necessarily some of the best teams against the best teams, but a lot of teams that are equally matched, I guess I would say. Um, Games like the Patriots and the Steelers, who um, both struggled on offense last week, uh, but also really did well on defense. Um, Same thing with the Giants and the Panthers. I think they really did good on defense, but kind of struggled on offense. Um, you got the Tampa Bay Bucks versus the Saints. I mean, that's a game that seems like every year the Saints get the best of the Bucks there, yep. especially in New Orleans. So there's a bunch of games to look mm-hmm. out for this week that uh, should be close. We had a lot yep. of close games last week, a lot of missed kicks, but uh, overtime action as well. And yeah, a tie. yeah, a lot of uh, exciting games last week. I expect the same thing this week. All right. So before I take it away from you here, Ryan, mm-hmm. what did you think about the Thursday night football Amazon Prime kind of setup? What was your initial opinion on it? Yeah, um, I think it was interesting. You know, uh, a lot of places you know don't have Amazon Prime, and I think. For a lot of people, that could be quite annoying. Mm-hmm. But um, overall, I guess for the sport, I guess it was more about the money than anything, in my opinion. Yeah. I think you know it's all about making more money. But um, to those who have Amazon Prime, I think it was good. Uh, obviously, getting on Michaels, who I think is the best commentator out there, um, on there is definitely uh, pretty good for them. Uh, they. I like the setup. Uh, they had the cast. I love the cast. Uh, Fitzpatrick. Yeah, that was Ri- a great cast. Yeah, Richard Sherman. I mean, those are guys who know the game really well. Great guys. And uh, overall, I think um, other than like the accessibility, I think it was pretty good. I'll tell you what. I was not impressed by the halftime show host. The, I don't know the girl's name, but she might have reiterated the score about five times. And I was just yeah. kind of like, all right, let's... You could definitely tell she was green. Yeah. First, probably a little bit new, probably a little bit nervous. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I get it. But at the same time, I mean, like, you put her up there with NFL veterans. I mean, NFL Hall of Famers at that as well. Super Bowl champions. And then you kind of get up there talking about that. It, it's a weird kind of vibe to balance. She did her best, I believe. But at the same time, um, you know, Amazon Prime, in my opinion... Didn't go the worst it could have gone, but there's one thing I kind of want to emphasize, and Kevin, I'll throw it to you after this. You have a free 30-day trial with Amazon Prime Video. After that, 
you're done for Thursday night football for the rest of the season. So, you know, in comparison to Apple TV and Peacock, where the MLB has these games on there, those platforms are completely free. In fact, they make those select games free just so you can watch them and not have to go through a hassle. Amazon Prime is not doing that. I know why, probably because of money, whatever. But, I mean, this is the biggest sport in America here, Kevin, and you're going to have to pay to watch every Thursday night football game after that 30-day free trial is over. How do you feel about that? Uh, I mean, for certain people, it could be it could stink that Amazon Prime is the only way you could watch Thursday. But in my opinion, I believe a lot of people already have Amazon Prime for many benefits. They could get things on there for cheaper costs. You could get things earlier, free delivery. So I think a lot of people already have Amazon Prime. So to add on to that and watch fan- football basically for free, since you already have Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. that could be a plus. And, uh, I mean, I think although it does stink that you have to pay for it, I think a lot of people already have Amazon Prime and just love that you can watch football there now. Yeah, I get where the concept is coming from. You know, a lot of people, like you mentioned, have already upgraded their membership to Prime so they can get the overnight deliveries and stuff like that. So Prime Video comes with it. But I just think it's the matter of, and I know how Ali and Josh feel about this, so I lied. I will go back to you guys as we close off this segment. Um, it's just, I think it's the fact of the matter that they're forcing it down the fans' throats. And mm-hmm. it'd be like, okay, you have an option of watching it on CBS. And I know this is completely unrealistic because you'd need so many broadcasters and crew, whatever. But you have an option of watching it here for free. Or if you're a Prime member, you can watch it on here with a different broadcast. That would be cool to me, especially if they, you know, like they said in the uh, broadcast last night, they'll be showing live replays if you want them. You just got to toggle your controller and you can get live replays, live rulings on stuff. So a bit more interactive with the Amazon broadcast. But, and Josh, I'll let you chime in here. Uh, people don't want some, something forced down their throats if they don't like it. So what's your opinion on Amazon Prime taking over Thursday Night Football? I don't like it. I preferred it when, honestly, I was fine with it with just being on NFL Network. You get all the Thursday Night games. And I, I understand why the NFL did this. This is a huge money grab for Amazon Prime because, listen, Thursday Night has always been a struggle for the NFL. Not a lot of people watching it. The players are not always into it. It's always the short schedule. So it's and I'm I'm a guy who likes Amazon Prime. I like the content on mm-hmm. it. Like they got shows I like, Invincible, The Boys. The list goes on. It's just like <laughs> I'm gonna say this. My dad isn't tech savvy, so for me, I always have to help him. Hey, set it up. Like here you go. I will say that's the thing that I don't understand because I know I guess you want to call them boomers or our parents, whatever you want to call them. They definitely could have some trouble, you know, accessing something like that. Yeah. But at the same time, it's as simple as. Amazon Prime, sign in or sign up, free trial or not free trial, and you have access to it. Now, I get they want to make it something bigger than it is, you know, a lot of the uh, older generation because they just don't even want to tackle the problem, but I'm kind of over that excuse where it, it's like, you know, uh, defusing a bomb. Like, it's it's not that complicated. You sign into Amazon and you get the game. Allie, I'll end it off with you. Yeah, the overall concept, like NFL making money, trying to get more views for Thursday night, that's all fun and good, but, like, making it exclusive to Amazon Prime, like, I'm the kind of person that doesn't have Amazon Prime, and I don't really have money to spend on Amazon Prime, so I'm missing out on games, and the only Thursday night games that are going to be broadcasted are Week 1 and Thanksgiving. What are you going to do when the Packers are on TNF? Oh, good question. Oh, I'm about uh, to say, yeah, they play against uh, Tennessee. Oh, that's a good game, too. Like, I, might, I it, might have to sneak over to someone's account or be like, hey, hey, can you give me a score update? Just 
Can you keep me in the loop? <laughs> I, that's when you got to take advantage of your free 30-day trial. So save it till then. That's save true. Till then. That's true. All right. We're going to take a quick step off here on Offsides as we wrap up our Thursday night football and Amazon Prime video debate. But before we go to break, it's time to check the WGLS community calendar. Are you in need of a furry friend? Do you want to give an animal a nice home? Well, then look no further than the Gloucester County Animal Shelter located at 1200 North Delsey Drive in Clayton, New Jersey. They are just a place whether you want to donate or want to adopt. For more information, their phone is 856-881-2828. This community calendar is brought to you by Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM, your source for community news and information. Don't go anywhere. More Offsides action right after these messages. I get it, slip it, cuff it, check it twice a day. I get it, slip it, cuff it, check it in the morning and before dinner. I get it, slip it, cuff it, check it, and share it with my doctor. Nearly one in two U.S. adults have high blood pressure. That's why it's important to self-monitor your blood pressure in four easy-to-remember steps. It starts with a monitor. Now that I know my blood pressure numbers, I talked with my doctor. We're getting those numbers down. Get it, slip it, cuff it, check it. Talk to doctor now and share it. Be next to talk to your doctor about your blood pressure numbers. Get down with your blood pressure. Self-monitoring is power. Learn more at manageyourbp.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, the American Heart Association, and the American Medical Association. In partnership with the Office of Minority Health and Health Resources and Services Administration. This message is for all of you sitting in the passenger seat. How does it feel to be at the mercy of someone who thinks a random text is worth more than your life? What would happen if they take their eyes off the road and their hands off the wheel? So ask them to stop texting. It may be a little awkward, but believe me, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the Ad Council, the National Highway Safety Administration, and Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. You're tuned into Offsides right here on RowanRadio.com Channel 2. I'm your host, Danny Ryan, joined by my broadcast partners, Ali Pontano, Josh Counts, Ryan Holsey, and Kevin Zippe. As we have a full house here at the WGLS-FM studios here today. And, well, back from break, it's just about time to hop into our second segment of today's show, with today's show ending at 6 o'clock. As always, it's time to talk Arch Manning, a guy who I have not talked about I think ever on this show, but he has definitely been in the news as of late, especially this summer, more recently committing to Texas uh, to play college football there. But it was released today by a, uh, I believe, publisher at The Athletic that Texas spent nearly $280,000 during Arch Manning and eight other recruiting visits. So Arch Manning wasn't a recruiting visit of nine people. He was one of those nine. A total of $630,000 in just June alone on two different recruiting visits between five-star accommodations and, quote, an all-you-can-eat fare for recruits and their families. So, Kevin, I'll start with you. Is this really necessary? I mean, I get it. You want to entice these recruits. And I, I told Allie off air, 
on a recruit list of 12 when they spent that much money, I believe it was in the month of July, nine of those recruits committed. So it works, but is this really necessary? Uh, I mean, if you want to have the best team in college, this might be the way to go. I know other colleges are spending money. I'm not sure this high, but they're also spending money for students to play there. So if Texas wants to make a name of themselves and possibly Arch Manning going into the NFL, then maybe this is the way to go. Yeah, I mean, it's not, you know, I say this like it's a uh, surprise or it's something that the college football teams have just now enacted. But, you know, when these statistics and these amounts of money get released, it's just kind of mind boggling. I'll tell you what, Texas in 2019, they were 13 most on uh, the spending record or the spending, you know, whatever you want to call it, spending standings, uh, 13th at $1,275,000. I mean, that's a ton. But Georgia, they led the way with nearly $4 million spent on recruit visits. And now I guess we know why they have all of the best college football players known to man. But still, I mean, if you're a college football organization here, Ryan, are you spending nearly $4 million on just recruit visits? Not equipment, not gear, not promotions, not advertising. Recruit visits on drinks, food. Are you doing that if you're a college football organization? I mean, to win a national championship, you kind of have to. You look at the past teams that have won it, Alabama, the Georgias, the Clemsons of the world. um, They all do it. They've been doing it for so long that, you know, we've kind of just let it happen and we've kind of just ignored it. But it's really how you got to become that best team in college football. You got to pay for these guys and get the best guys that you can get. Yeah, I mean, it's it'd be one thing, too, if they were, you know, giving them salaries. And I know that's kind of frowned upon, but they can make some money off of their own likeness and their own brand now. But it'd be one thing if this $4 million was going to all of their recruits that committed in the 2022 season. I would honestly prefer that over the, you know, wine and dine of $280,000 for nine men, keep in mind, nine men or 12 men. Either way, I don't think $280,000 needs to be spent on food and beverages for nine men. That's just where I come from. You need to wow the guys. I get it. But they're also guys. Like, they're not women out here expecting to be taken on. And there's nothing wrong with that because I'll tell you what, I like to be taken on a nice date. It's nice. But they're not women out here expecting to be, you know, just wined and dined and, you're, you know, to date them and marry them. No, it's they're committing to your organization. Yeah, it's a big commitment. But at the same time, put the money other places to show them that you really are committed to this uh, program, and that you really can supply the best football there is in whatever conference they're in. So that's how I would do it if I was an owner of a pro football organization or, you know, uh, just the head coach in general. But, Allie, uh, Allie, I'll throw it on over to you. I mentioned that Georgia led the way at nearly $4 million, so Texas doesn't really even scratch the surface at $1.2 million, but it's definitely something to consider. Would you pay this much money just to wine and dine nine or ten recruits? Heck no. Like, my main concern seeing this, just seeing Texas spending this on Arch Manning, listen, I understand he's a Manning. I will say, though, he committed. He did. So it worked. Yeah, it it did. But, like, I understand. He's a Manon. Archie Manon played for the Saints. Peyton Manon went to Tennessee. Eli Manon went to Ole Miss. So I understand. It's a big Southern thing. He's a Manon. And that's cool and all. Especially if you're wanting to entice a quarterback. One name. Vince Young. There you go. UT. And my main concern is, who's taking care of Bevo? I have a horse. I understand how much financial commitment it is to have a large animal. Where's the money for Bevo? Who's the, who's feeding him? Who's taking care of his feet? Like, is that the Texas horse? 
No, he's oh, a longhorn. Oh, oh, the giant oh. longhorn. His name's Bebo. Oh, okay. Who's taking care of Bebo? I understand you guys have the silver spurs, but like, come on now. Yeah, that money should be going towards what's his name again? Bebo. Bebo. Okay, gotcha. Bebo nine to be specific. Oh. I think they're on nine. Yeah, I wasn't as a. <laughs> I think they're on nine. I wasn't as educated on uh, Texas and the college football. Ma- it's a mascot, I'm assuming, right? Or yeah, they're just, live mascot. It's a live animal. Okay. Yeah, makes sense then. Well, Josh, I'll throw it on over to you. Staying on the topic of Arch Manning in Texas and college, college is spending a ton of money on their recruits for football. Do you agree with this method? I mean, it's shown to work, but at what price? I, I don't agree with it. I, I get it. Like, I'm not going to say that. Like, definitely do it. Like, hey, nobody's going to say no to a free dinner and free and free dinner and free all of that. But it's just, do you like, and I'm looking at the stats right here. Georgia, like you mentioned earlier, Danny, Dan, Georgia Bulldogs was number one. Alabama Crimson Tide was second for 2.6 million and do y'all remember that story about nick saban calling out a bunch of colleges recruitment process especially Deion sanders with jackson state and he got in travis hunter that that's why it's not a big deal to me it's like at the end of the day if they yeah archie committed what if he don't commit what was the point of it not just wasted all of his money to get a dude who might not want to be here yeah exactly and i can guarantee that's the position that the other colleges that arch didn't commit to are in they spent a ton of money, more specifically, on his recruit visit. They definitely circled it on their calendars, and they lost all of that money. Now they probably got some recruits from that class as well, but not the sole one they wanted. So, you know, like I said, it worked. They got Arch Manning. They got a Manning in their, you know, football program. But at the same time, I just can't find a way to spend that much money on food and drinks. It's just that's what it comes down to for me. Give them, you know, a care package, a Texas care package when you get there. Show them a brand new locker, what could be theirs. Wow them. But I don't think it has to cost $280,000. No wonder you can't pay collegiate athletes. So that just is what kind of infuriates me with the rights for collegiate athletes. I've been big on minor league baseball players being paid more, collegiate athletes being paid more, and I think that's where this money should go in comparison to spending it on drinks and money to get the athletes there. I'm sure they'd rather go into their bank account as well. That'll just about wrap up the segment there. For Texas and Arch Manning, the amount of money they spend, I mean, ridiculous in my eyes. I just got a text from... Sports department member Connor Brown saying, y'all are wrong. (laughs) I agree with spending that money on recruits. Y'all are wrong. So I love our uh, fans tuning in to offsides. But uh, it's time to move on to our second NFL segment of the day. We're going to predict the NFL games left in this week. So with Chargers Chiefs wrapping up last night, we have a huge slate of games. And how I want to do this is I'm going to intro them, but I don't, you know, typically I'd you know, have you guys give away your reasoning as to what, you know, why, which team should win. We're just not going to have enough time for that today. So I'm going to announce each game. And honestly, I said I wasn't going to do it, but I'll go one by one. Tell me the team you think is going to win that game and just give me one short, short reason. I mean, if it has to do with the matchup they're in, whatever it is, give me one short reason so we can keep the train moving. All right. Starting off at the one o'clock window, it'll be Patriots versus Steelers game that Ryan talked about earlier on in the show. Patriots coming in at 0-1, Steelers 1-0. and Oh, I'm going to go with the Steelers because of how gritty they looked last week. They looked terrific on defense. I think Trubisky manned that offense well enough. If they don't have Najee, it'll be concerning a little bit. But I think I'm going to go Steelers in this one. Pats fall to 0-2. Allie, what do you have? Who's home? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh home. New England at Pittsburgh. I might have to go Pittsburgh for the sole fact that they're home. Pittsburgh. Mike Tomlin ain't losing no Mac Jones. Yep, I'm going Pittsburgh Steelers. Deontay Johnson's going to kill it. 
Uh, I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers because wow. the Patriots don't have an offensive coordinator. And a clean sweep going to Pittsburgh. So Pittsburgh exits week two at a 2-0 and record. All right, Panthers-Giants. I know we've got two Giants fans in the other room separating from the glass, so I'll start with them. Kevin, Panthers or Giants? I'm going Giants all the way. Saquon Barkley and the fans are going to be riled up in that game. I will say Saquon looked terrific in the week one game. So like a beast. I expect, and I it brings a tear to my eye because I'm a Penn State fan. I like Saquon Barkley. Ever since he got into the league and he was able to do that much just off of like typical outside runs, it was crazy to me. Um, so it's nice to see him get back to you know his old form. Ryan, what are you thinking? I got to go with my Giants, man. I think Saquon's back, and that's huge. Typically, I'd say there's a lot of bias in your guys' answers, but you are playing the Panthers, so yeah. <laughs> you took down the Titans last week. I think you can win this game. So I'm personally going to go Giants as well. Allie, Josh, what do you got? I'm going to go Giants because Baker Mayfield looked really inconsistent, and he got booed off the field. So, <laughs> Well, I think Giants. we know why he got booed off the field. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but like still. Yeah. Oh, Giants being the Titans, Panthers, Baker Mayfield, that's not working out. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it may come to a point where they're calling Sam Darnold's name come week whatever, but let's hope for Panthers fans' sake that doesn't happen. Josh? I, I ain't going to lie, this is a tough one for me because I don't trust Baker at all. I don't trust Danny Dimes. It's not a surefire Giants win because they only won on a missed field goal. It, exactly. I'm like, ugh. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to go Giant. No, no. I'm going to go Carolina. I'm going to go Panthers. Oh. I'm riding the Baker I'll be the, yeah, I'll, this week. Baker got to bounce back, bro. If you don't, if you lose this game, then Sam Darnold's coming in by week four. All right, so it's 4-1 to one in favor of the Giants, Josh being the lone Panthers supporter. Let's move on to Baker Mayfield's old team, the Cleveland Browns. They face off against the New York Jets on their home turf. Jets coming in at 0-1. Browns entering at 1-0. This time, start back with myself. Tough because, you know, it's the Flacco-led Jets, but I'm going to have to go with the Browns just because they have better weapons, in my opinion. I think the Jets have a long way to go. And maybe the Jets, they had Zach Wilson, but Allie, who do you got? This is really tough. I honestly don't know who to pick for you this, but like... you got on this one. Okay, now I'm going to ask the same question that I asked for Pittsburgh uh, Patriots. Who's home? Cleveland. Cleveland's yeah, home? it's Jets at Cleveland. Okay. Gut is telling me Jets, but I think I'm going to have to go Cleveland for the home factor. Okay, fair enough. I mean, I think Cleveland right now is a little bit more of an advantage with their roster just because, you know, they might still have Brissett back there, but I would trust Brissett. I mean, call me crazy if you want over Joe Flacco at this point in his career. Josh, what are your thoughts on Jets at Browns? It's the Jets. I'm going Cleveland. I mean, it's also the Browns. So, right. I mean, uh, Browns with a great rushing attack. The Browns with no starting QB till like week 12. I'll take Brissett. The Browns I'll that take... also went 0 oh, 16. Uh, not the same Browns. Uh, the Jets, though. Not the same Browns. He has <laughs> a point with the Jets, but at the same time, the Browns have been poverty just as long as the Jets have. Kevin, what's your opinion on Jets at Browns? Yeah, Zach Wilson's not playing. Joe Flacco did not look the best last week. I'm going to go Browns with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. All right, Ryan, round us out. Yeah, I'm going to take the Browns. I'm going to make it a sweep. Uh, I think Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb are going to combine over 200 yards rushing. I mean, they better. This is going to be a Jets defensive line, in which isn't the worst in the league, but, you know, it just from the pace of the offense, the Jets' offense is not going to be on there very long. The time of possession, I at least expect to be well outmatched by the Cleveland Browns. All right, sticking in the 1 o'clock window, we have about, looks like, four games left. Colts at Jaguars. So that's an interesting one. One team that has no win and no loss, just a tie, and the Jaguars that are 0-1. I'm 
I'm going to start with myself and go Colts. Ryan, I'll start with you since I ended with you on the last team. Yeah, I think Jonathan Taylor is going to have a big day. Um, I, I don't see the Jacksonville defense stopping him, and I think Matt Ryan's going to get the job done. I think, honestly, he'll just outplay Trevor Lawrence, look like yeah. the veteran QB he is, so I have to agree with you there. And then you mentioned the 1X factor, Jonathan Taylor. Kevin, who do you have? Yeah, I'm going Colts on this one. Although they didn't look good week one, I think they're going to bounce back. All right, so, I mean, so far through these games, we all seem to have the same opinion. Allie, what's your thoughts? I'm going Indy. All right. JT and Frank Rugg. I don't there blame you, go. you. Do not blame you at all, especially against a team like the Jaguars with the coach who's still getting his legs under him and Doug Peterson. You have to go Colts. Josh? I'm going with my boys, the Colts. I'm a Colts fan. I was pissed. They started off very, very slow last week. I was pissed that it ended in a tie because they missed that 45, year, 45 field goal, uh, and they got ended up getting rid of their kicker. So they need a bounce-back game. Let's go. Matt Ryan's got to get the offense going. So I think he will, too. I mean, he, Michael Pittman looked great last week. Jonathan Taylor. They just started off. They just got late, man. They yeah. just they didn't turn it on to the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that, obviously why they have that one in the tie column. Uh, so definitely looking to clean it up are your boys, the Indianapolis Colts, this week. All right, our first really interesting game where it's going to make you think a little bit, Dolphins at Ravens. 1-0 Dolphins versus the 1-0 Ravens. Someone's coming out of this with a loss. Someone else is coming out still undefeated. Interesting one, at least in my mind, Dolphins are, I don't know, they, I, I want to pick them, but I'm going to have to go Ravens here after, you know, the running attack got shut down last week. They bounced back with a nice passing attack, and I look to see more of that, more specifically with Devin Duvernay getting his name called a lot more, along with Rashad Bateman. Allie, I'll start with you. Dolphins at Ravens. I have to go Ravens because it's Lamar Jackson. He's still got his weapons, but Tua with Tyreek Hill. I saw one clip and it just looked like okay. Ty. I know what clip you're talking about. Yes. Do not base his performance off that clip because okay. that was. I mean, it was a duck before it even got out of his hands, basically. So I know which one you're talking. Okay. About. Okay. Fair point, but I'm still gonna go Ravens. Okay. Dolphins are gonna keep it tight, though. I think so as well. I think. Yeah, that- I'm. I'm thinking like I'm still going to go Ravens because they're yeah. at home, and I, I'm. I'm betting all my money on Lamar Jackson. I'll do that, but yeah. I. I don't think this is gonna be a blowout, as people might say. I think that two is finally gonna. I mean, not finally, but at this point in the season, show signs of how he can lose them a game, and uh, I think it might be in this game versus the Ravens. All right, Kevin, we have Miami at Baltimore. Who do you have? I have hope for Tua. I think Tua's going to win it for the Dolphins this week. The haters are going to be quiet. He's going to throw it to Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, and possibly uh, you know Chase Edmonds might get in the mix. But I think the Dolphins are going to win this one. You better hope. I mean, Tua better make some strides this week. It wasn't like he was bad last week because, if, I mean, if you're in the NFL as a QB, you're not, obviously. But he didn't look above average. Like, I felt, you know, call me crazy, and I know he's going to get this, these comparisons till the end of time, but Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, a few seasons ago, if you put him in that offense, it looked like he could have moved the chains a little bit faster. Of course, I'm talking like 2019 Miami Dolphins, Ryan Fitzpatrick, but still. Also, quick thing, Marcus Peters is on the questionable list for the Ravens, so. I'm still, oh. still riding Ravens, honestly, just because, you know, it might bite them. They might get a Tyree kill over the top touchdown because no Marcus Peters, but whatever, I'm going to ride They Ravens. got two cornerbacks listed questionable, Marlon Humphrey as well. Oh. oh, Now that might change my mind. Yeah. Two? Yeah, two. Once, once Humphrey, two quarterbacks. Oh, that might Wait, two quarterbacks, yes, yes. All right, I'm, so, I'm still going Ravens. That's like, it's going to be tough, but that's what I'm thinking. I'll still pick the Ravens win, but I, don't, I think just for those two being out, that's how the Dolphins are going to stay in this game. All right, Ryan, with that news, who do you got? Uh, I'm going to take the Dolphins. All right. Um, 
I think it's going to come down to the O-line, and uh, that Miami defense doesn't really get the credit it deserves for their pass rush. I feel like a lot of people look at their secondary and they see Xavier Howard and Javon Holland, and they think their defense is as good because of their secondary. And it definitely helps, but uh, I think it's that defensive line, similar to the Bills, they just have seven or eight pass rushers who they just sub in, and they only blitz three guys, and they seem to always get there. Uh, also, Ronnie Stanley is questionable. I think that's a big uh, part of that. I think if he doesn't play, they're going to get to Lamar Jackson a lot. And he lo- he's going to make some plays, but I think Tua is going to get the job done and the defense is going to win them that game. Yeah, hopefully Lamar can extend some plays on his own. Didn't do a whole lot of that last year, um, but at the same time, you know, it, it's a matter of time before he really breaks out for a huge run like that to decide the uh, factor of a game. All right. Another good one that's going to make you think, but I already have my answer in my mind. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at New Orleans Saints, like Ryan mentioned earlier. I'm going Saints. I'm going to go Saints. I just think that, you know, the Cowboys were not ready for week one, and it showed. That offensive line was putrid. Dak Prescott out at least four weeks, I believe. They didn't put him on IR, but it looks like they're going to sit him for those four weeks. It's tough. I mean, I know you want to base it off Tom Brady's team, but I have to go Saints. Jameis is still a serviceable quarterback behind there. And Kamara really didn't do much week one anyway. So I'm going Saints. Ryan, who do you have? I got the Saints as well. Yeah, like you said, uh, they always seem to get the best of the Bucks and Tom Brady. Um, they just know how to cancel him out. They make him make throws, and especially with you know him lacking some of his receivers. Chris Godwin was ruled out. Uh, Mike Evans is questionable. They really might only have Julio. And last year, they even with the receiver's healthy. They still couldn't get them the ball, so I got the Saints. Kevin? I got to go with the GOAT here. Ooh. I think Tom Brady's going to finally beat the Saints. I know he has problems with the Saints, but even with Chris Godwin out, I think Julio's going to do well. Mike Evans, I think, is going to play, and Fournette, and I just can't bet against Tom Brady, so I'm going Bucks for this one. Yeah, I've learned to not bet against Tom Brady, especially in the playoffs, but that's a story for another day. Josh, who do you got? This is tough. I want to say Bucks easily, but I think with the Saints defense uh, and the struggling, like the the Tampa offense isn't great. It, it's not, and because they got they got the rookie, uh, they got the rookie on their left guard. I think in the Saints defense is mean. So I'm gonna go Saints. I think you know Jameis. I'm, I'm not. He ain't gonna outplay Tom Brady, of course, but I think Jameis is gonna be able to get the dub for them. We'll see. I mean. I agree with you. I think he's going to find Kamara for a lot more opportunities, at least in the passing game, but you have to hope that he can wake up a little bit in that rushing attack. All right, quickly a speed round as we get close to break. Allie, I'll let you round off the Buccaneers Saints, and then we'll move on to Commanders Lions. Who you think I have? Uh, it's pretty Saints. obvious, Saints. Yeah. Saints, yeah. As, a, as an Aaron Rodgers fan, you're going Saints. Oh, yeah. A little bias shown there. It's all right, A little, little bit, but, like, it's all right. The Saints are like Brady with the Dolphins. At least you're a Packers fan through and through. So <laughs> you got to respect that. All right. Commanders at Lions. So the Commanders will be in Detroit for this one. Eagles almost blew it in Detroit last week. Carson Wentz making the trip now. Still tough because the Lions are scrappy, man. But Wentz really didn't look bad. Uh, you know, he showed the few Wentz plays in, in week one with the Commanders, but he didn't look bad. And he's a guy who's going to get the ball to his receivers in the end zone whether or not he has two picks doesn't really matter i'm gonna go commanders uh ali i'll start with you commanders all right command up who you got josh 
I'm gonna go Lions. I can't see the Lions lose. They fought. They fought a very tough game against the Eagles, and they pushed them. And they going up against another NFC East team this week. They're at home again. I think you know. I, I can't see the Lions going 0 and 2 and losing both games on the, at home. So I think you know they're gonna they're gonna find a way to win this one. So Josh has the Lions, or pardon me, Josh has the Commanders. Hashtag failing to take command. I guess you could say uh, that was their hashtag all summer. So um, <laughs> I got you can say I got the Lions right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You got the Lions, but you don't have the Commanders. Hashtag taking command. So all right, Kevin, I'll throw it on over to you. Yeah, I think the Lions are going to beat the Commanders this week. I mean, everyone talks about how good the Eagles are, and the Lions only lost by three points. And then the Jaguars almost beat the Commanders. So I feel like the Lions have a good shot on this one. I think it's definitely possible, but if I had to pick one, like I said, I'm going Commanders. Just probably because of the quarterback play. It's, you know, golf isn't much lower than Wentz, but Wentz just has that explosiveness he can tap into from time to time. You never know when it's coming, but he has it. Ryan? Tied up 2-2 two two here. Who do you got? Are you going to break it? You're going to break it one way or another, but yep. who do you have? I got the Lions. You know, Ooh, I don't see, I don't see Carson Wentz having back-to-back good weeks. I just don't see it. You're, so, wow. Yeah. Lions. The Lions win this one. I thought Commanders were going to win. All right. I Fair really enough. hope the Commanders win it, honestly, just for <laughs> NFC North stand-ins. I don't think you have to worry about the Lions this year, but who knows? Maybe they could finish around 500. Who knows? All right. Seahawks. We're getting into the 4 o'clock window now. Seahawks in San Francisco. Or I was actually just one. told the other day they don't play in San Francisco, but they'll be on their field. Who do you guys got in this one? Seahawks look much better than expected week one. They take it against the Broncos. But I think the 49ers had really a game they'll never have again with that slip and slide in Chicago. And they're not used to playing in those conditions basically ever. I have to go 49ers. Trey Lance has his first good game of uh, the 2022 season. Mm. Ryan? Who do you have? Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with the Niners. Uh, I think the weather was just, they really couldn't run the ball, and that's really the Niners' bread and butter. Mm-hmm. And I think Trey Lance, like you said, has his breakout game. Yep. I think he's just, it's a matter of time. He really looked out of sync as well in the passing game, mm-hmm. but because he really couldn't get a grip on the ball, 19-10 uh, to 10 game, that'll explain it all for you. All right, Kevin, who do you have? Seahawks at 49ers. Yeah, I'm on the same page as you guys. I think the Niners are going to win this one. Do we dare have a clean sweep here, Josh? No, nah, I'm going Seahawks. I, 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 I know it's crazy. I was really thinking this, thinking about this, guys, but I, I truly was surprised what I saw from Geno Smith. I knew you were going to say that. You're riding the Geno train. I, I, I'm not riding. I might be. You know, I am. I, I'm riding the Geno train. I'm going Geno 2-0. And like it, I know this hurt because they also lost Jamal Adams for I think for the season for the Seahawks. But yeah. the way Gino looked, I and and I, he also gave a he also gave a bar at the at the post game. They wrote they wrote me off. I didn't write back. So <laughs> that was a bar. Yeah, that, that was pretty. Uh, the word I want to say is not acceptable. So that was pretty cool. All right, Allie, rounding off Seahawks at 49ers, and then we'll do a quick speed round of the rest of the games before we head to break. This one is really up in the air with me. I really want to say the Seahawks because I was pleasantly surprised about Geno Smith and his performance. But something's telling me go with Trey Lance, go with the 49ers. It was just a bad weather game, so I might just go with the 49ers to the bounce back. Four to one. How do you feel, Josh? The lone man. I'm confident. I think, yeah, I think I think we're gonna come in next. I'm gonna come in probably next Monday, seeing the Seattle Seahawks one. All right, change of pace here. We get into our final 4 o'clock window games and then our two Monday night football games and then 
course, can't forget about your Packers versus Bears on Sunday Night Football, Allie. Oh, okay. boy. <laughs> Falcons take the trip to Los Angeles. Falcons versus Rams. Allie, quickly, who do you have? Rams. Rams? Josh? Rams. All right, Kevin. Rams. Ryan? Gotta go Rams. Yeah, I think this is a unanimous decision. Our first of the day, 5-0 and Rams is the Falcons looked very, I mean, very bad. When you're not getting the ball to Kyle Pitts, you know you have a problem. All right, Ryan, I'm starting with you. Cardinals at Raiders. Uh, I got the Raiders. I think I've got the Raiders as well. I mean, even with a bad game from Derek Carr, he still found ways to get to Devontae Adams at will. It's just a matter of getting the other receivers involved and getting Josh Jacobs a good game. Who do you have, Kevin? Yeah, I'm going Raiders too. All right, Josh. Raiders, they got to win, man. This, if they don't win, Derek Carr's got to go. Raiders. Derek Carr has to go after a week two loss. I don't I don't know. <laughs> okay, got to go is exaggerate. It's just like, come on. we like The Raiders have given you everything. They, they got have. your they, boy. They got I, your I, boy no, here now, bro. I miss Devontae so much. But. I will say this. He cannot win in week two and still be fine. But if he doesn't win and throws another like three-interception game, with like one or two inter- or, you know touchdowns, like it's one thing if you get a th- I don't know three interception game with five touchdowns, then it kind of is ignored. Like people, you can't look like that again. Like he's you got can't. he's got, he's like we know how we talk about coaches being on a hot seat. Derek Carr's on a hot seat, yo. You're not wrong. <sighs> I don't. I, I yeah. just disagree with that though because you know he really did not have the utilities around him in Las Vegas or what was Oakland for the few years before that, and he was still an above average. Well, quarterback, it, let me so. tell you why he's on. I know we gotta move on, but I'm gonna tell you a quick reason why he's on a hot seat because look at the rest of the division. Yeah. The division is stacked with great yeah, quarterback. The thing is, he's on the hot seat for this offseason. You can't do anything midseason to improve that position unless you, you know, somehow find a quarterback that's going to be on the market midseason, which is highly unlikely. So I think you got to give him a little more leeway, but I do agree if this season doesn't go the way they expected, move on from Derek Carr. All right, Texans-Broncos. Ryan, who do you got? I got the Broncos. All right, Broncos versus Texans. I, I'm going to go Texans, actually. I mean, oh, wow. Broncos... Mm. Need to bounce back after that bad loss, but at the same time, Texans are all, like they're like the Lions to me. They're a lot better than people think they are. So I'm going Texans. I might be the uh, odd man out, but Kevin, who do you have? Yeah, I think the Texans are going to show that they're not so good. Uh, you know. <laughs> so I think I'm riding with the Broncos. <laughs> As a Damian Pierce fantasy owner, I'm hoping that that's not the case, but we'll see. Josh, who do you have? I'm on Broncos. Russell Wilson's going to get that bounce back win. They need to get back on track because this team is projected to get to the AFC AFC Championship and the Super Bowl. Allie, are you going with the rest of the crew saying the Broncos are going to ride or or what's going on? Yes, sir. Broncos. Four to one. Broncos country. Let's Let's ride. ride. All right. Russell Wilson (laughs) finally gets his Broncos country to ride on the 425 game versus the Texans. Bengals at Cowboys. This is a tough one because both teams underperformed heavily in week one, but now with Cooper Rush under center, it might be a little bit more easier than before. Allie, who do you have? Bengals. Bengals. Who do you have, Josh? If you would have told me that Dak was in, I would probably would have given it to the Cowboys, but I'm going. Uh, Oh, Michael Gallup is out too for the Cowboys? Uh, Yeah, Bengals. They they, they got no chance. Unless Zeke Elliott has an Ohio State-esque game. Zeke's got to have a Hall of Fame game. You're right. It's going to be a tall challenge, but the Bengals, let's not sugarcoat it, looked very, very bad last week. More specifically, Joe Burrow and should have won that game multiple times, but lost it in overtime due to the second Chris Boswell attempted field goal, and uh, he finally was able to, pardon me, get it through the crossbars. So I'll throw it to you right now, Kev. Bengals or Cowboys? I think Joe Burrow is going to come back this week. He's going to be on fire, and I also don't think the Cowboys are going to score a touchdown. Wow. Is that bias talking or is that actual analytics? (laughs) 
Hey, last week they didn't score. They no touchdowns? Back. No touchdowns That's through true. two weeks? That's true. That's true. Ryan, do you agree? I think the Bengals are going to obliterate them. All right. I think we uh, have our second unanimous vote of today. Bengals 5, Cowboys nothing. All right, quickly, Sunday night football, Bears at Packers. I'm not even going to let you speak, Allie. Allie okay. has voted Packers. Okay, Josh, <laughs> your turn now. This is tough because I like what I saw from Chicago, even though it was under crazy elements. Oh, crazy elements. And Green Bay, let's call it what it is. Green and Green Bay ain't what Aaron Rodgers thought they could be. They got no weapons. I just find it so funny how Aaron Rodgers threatened to leave the organization, Thank demanding you. more receivers. Thank you. Yeah. And then he signs that deal, and a few weeks later, Devontae Adams leaves his best receiver ever. And now you right. now he now on the sideline. Wait, wait, wait. Can cussing I get, out his coordinator? Best receiver ever. Okay, he had Joey Nelson, Donald Driver, Randall Cobb, all in like one team, but that is his best receiver ever. It is. Of all time. I, I got. I mean, Devontae Adams was just levels above those guys. Jordy Nelson was great, but Devontae Adams, his best receiver, he let him walk out the door and said, "Oh, we're like." I don't know how he didn't overreact in the media again because he did it when he was originally trying to get apart from the team. Yeah. And then they ask him about how he feels about Tay leaving, and he's just like, "Oh, we'll figure it out." Well, yeah. Well, I'm gonna get my pick real quick because I know we gotta move on. Yeah. I'm gonna go Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers said he owns Chicago, so he better prove it this Sunday. I think he will. I mean, I'm expecting a good game from Justin Fields, but Kev, who do you have? Last year, week one, Aaron Rodgers looked terrible. Then week two, he blew it out of the park. He did amazing, and he became MVP of that season. I'm going Packers. All right, Ryan, round us off. It's got to be the Packers. I agree with all of you. I'm going Packers as well. Josh, did you go Bears or Packers? I forget. I went Packers. Okay, so 5-0, our third unanimous vote of today's show. And now... We get to Monday Night Football, the controversial Monday Night Football of Week 2 because, well, there's two games on. Titans, Bills, Vikings, Eagles, with the Vikings and Eagles being part of the later window at 8.30. Titans, Bills kicking off at 7.15. Sheesh, they're right next to each other. Yeah, <laughs> it's not ideal. Typically when they have two Monday Night Football games to open up the season, it's in Week 1, and the first game's at like 7, second game's at 10, but not this season for some reason. So I guess I'll be flipping between two games on Monday night, but Titans at Bills. Ryan, I'll start with you. I got to go with the Bills, man. I think they're the best team in the AFC. I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory with how they looked against the Rams on opening kickoff. Kev, what do you got? Yeah, I'm going Bills, too. And I think it's probably in our fourth unanimous vote of today's show. Yeah, Josh, Bills. 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 All right, it is our fourth unanimous vote, 5-0 Bills. I mean, when you lose to the Giants week one, not many people are going to be favoring on your side, and... Uh, yeah, the Titans get the short end of the stick. Vikings at Eagles, the final game of the week. Monday night football. I'll be in attendance working that game, so I'll definitely be eager to uh, see what they do. But I'm going to go start it off. Uh, you know, it feels very criminal to say this, but I'm going Vikings. Ooh. We faced a Detroit offense that was not talented, and they put up 35 points on us. And I shouldn't say us, but on the Eagles. If the Eagles defense comes out like that again against Kirk Cousins, Jay Jettas, Jalen Rager, like, the, <laughs> the list goes on. They're not going to survive. Their passing game is much better than Detroit's, and not to mention Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook. I mean, the, uh, the offense matches up with ours, and if our defense shows out like that again, it's not going to be close. I'm going to go with the Vikings, but I'm hoping Eagles. Allie, who do you have? I pray to God for the Eagles, honestly, after the embarrassing loss from last week, and I just want it to be a repeat of the NFC Championship game in 2017. Me and you both, sister. But, yeah. I mean, if you had to pick, though, being as realistic as possible. I know you hate the Vikings. Who are they, who's winning this game? Being realistic as possible. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, gosh. Don't make me say it. The Packers fan out of the window. Don't make me say it. The Vikings. Okay, so Allie goes Vikings. Josh, who do you have? This is tough because the Eagles are highly favored to win on the stats by the numbers. Excuse me. It's like it's quite evenly matched up. Like Kirk Cousins and Jalen Hurts. I think it's going to come down to can they control Jalen Hurts in the run game? Yeah, yeah, because I'm looking at the rushing attack because I'm thinking like, yo, like, you got Delvin Cook and got versus versus Sanders, and I'm yeah, I'm counting Hurts in too, but this is also a revenge game for uh, with Justin Jefferson. He played for the Eagles. No, no, oh, it's not Justin. Rager. What's his name? Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager. 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 I'm sorry. They took over Justin Jefferson in the 2020 first round. Quite literally, like what was it? Two picks later. I thought it was so, yeah. one. Might have been one pick later. Honestly, it's just such a blur. I right, Thank you for that correction, guys. Uh. You know what? I'm going to go with the home team. I'm going to go Eagles. I all think right. I'll go 2 0. So we got Vikings, Vikings, Eagles. Kevin, who do you have? I think it all depends on which defense is better. If the Vikings stop Jalen Hurts, then uh, the Vikings are going to win. But if the Eagles stop Justin Jefferson, then the Eagles will win. I'm going to go Vikings on this one. I think they're going to stop right. Jalen. Vikings, 3 to 1. Ryan, are you going to choose Vikings or are you going with the Birds? I'm going to go with the Eagles only because right. Kirk Cousins is known for choking in primetime games. He is, that is true. He That's is true. 8 yeah. and 17 in primetime games. So I got to go with the Eagles. That's such a, like, a funny but crazy stat to me because I know it has literally nothing to do with the time of the game. It's just, I, I can't imagine a quarterback of an NFL football team. Just going into the locker room and stressing out about the time of the game. Like, I get people are watching, but come on, man. It, it just has to be a coincidence with that type of thing. Uh, that's, that's my opinion, at least. But So it's a 3-2 to two vote, 3 for the Vikings, 2 for the Eagles for the final game of Week 2, our second Monday night football game this week. That'll just about wrap it up here on Offsides. We're going to veto the top five segment due to lack of time. And once again, thank you all for tuning in. I've been your host, uh, Danny Ryan. Quick breaking news, guys. Oh, not, let's not, hear it. Let's hear not, it. In a, not football related, but Dennis Schroeder has finalized a one-year deal, mm-hmm. $2.6 million to return to the Lakers. Talking uh, NBA a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, so, yeah, Dennis, so that helps out the Lakers. They get some guard. Oh. And they get him cheaper for the contract they originally <laughs> offered him. They offered him, I believe, it was a four- or five-year, $84 million deal a yep. few off-seasons ago. And how they get him for one year, $2.64 million. So Lakers finessing a little bit, still have a very aged roster. But I'll tell you what, Dennis Schroeder, he is the definition of congratulations. You played yourself because that fact, the yeah. money he could have had, it's just unbelievable. But I guess that'll wrap us up. Unless anyone else has some uh, last-minute thoughts about the breaking news or games coming up this week, are we all good? Canelo versus Triple G in the boxing. Oh, that's yeah. right. <laughs> and you got possibly got Spence and Crawford, so that, that's going to be a huge matchup. Yep. Thank you very much, Josh. And, well, that'll just about wrap things up here on Offsides. This Friday edition, I've been your host, Danny Ryan, alongside my broadcast partners, Ali Pontano, Josh Counts, Ryan Holsey, and Kevin Zippe, saying thank you for tuning in. Make sure to tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. right here on RowanRadio.com Channel 2 for more episodes of Offsides. Thanks for tuning in, and have a great weekend, everyone. You've been listening to Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. Tune in next Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 5.30 for another edition of Offsides, only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM.